Boker Tov, we've been discussing the subject of Berachot, how blessings work. I'm not going over everything we discussed. You could listen to it. The question we're going to deal with today is exactly how do blessings work? We see that blessings really started. Hashem gave blessings. Blessings have the power of going above nature. We saw that Hashem gave the power of Berachot to great people, Kohanim, Tzadikim. We see in the words of Hazal that getting a Beracha from a Tzadik is a definitely an Anyan, it's definitely a subject that has validity to it. Not everything that people do is valid. You have to learn that as you uh, grow up in life. Just because people do things doesn't mean it has validity. And very often people get excited about things that have no value. That's why it's important every subject that a person study it in depth to know. Is there a value or there's no value? Where does it come from? Who says? If it, if it doesn't originate in the creator of the world and his Torah, then it has no value. So that's why it's important to do what we're doing. So Berachot, we've seen, is definitely a value. I'll just read for you the Me'iri. Me'iri is one of the great Rishonim. He writes, Le'olam tehe birkat talmid hakam habivalo la'adam. Means a person should always feel the value and it beloved to him the beracha of a talmid hakam. And he should do his utmost. That he should get a blessing from Talmidei Hachamim. So again, you see, there is great value in getting Beracha from a Talmid Hachamim. Today, I'd like to just go over the mechanics of how a Beracha works. Not just not just so we can educate ourselves about how it works, but it could be if we know how it works, we'll understand better how to be able to receive it. If you know how something works, you'll be able to deal with it in a much more powerful way. So how does a beracha work? We understand berachot work, Hashem gave it to the tzaddik. So how is it happening? Is it just as simple as the tzaddik gives you a beracha and that's it, you're done. You, you, you already got what you need already. Is it, is it more than that? People go sometimes, they get a beracha and it doesn't work. They say, ah, you see, it's fake, it's not real. What is the right format for berachot? How does it work? Does it always work? Does it depend on certain things? These are all questions we need to answer. So, I'd like first to start with a commentary from the Ora Haim HaKadosh. The Ora Haim HaKadosh has a commentary on Sefer Bamidbar, like he does on all of, of, of Hamishah, Hamishah Torah. Over there, he's discussing in Parashat Balak. We know Parashat Balak is talking about Bil'am, who was very powerful in his curses. And that's why he was hired by Balak. 
And of course, we know that Hashem turned his curses into blessings. We know the story. The Ora Haim Kadosh has a very fundamental question on that whole story. He says, how does it work that a person curses? What does that mean you curse? Right? Besides, we, we've been discussing the subject of blessings. But there's also cursings. Sometimes, especially, people get very nervous. Someone now I met yesterday was very, very nervous because he made said a, a, a bad word to a Talmud Hacham and literally three days later he's in the hospital in the emergency room. So he's all nervous. You know, is it, did it happen because of the thing? I said, I don't know if the rabbi cursed you. I have no idea. But if, if you cursed him, then for sure it's a bad thing. <laughs> I said, for sure, you have to make the Shabbat. There is such a thing called a curse. And if it comes from a great person, we see in the Torah that Balak, excuse me, that Bil'am had the power of being able to curse. Bil'am was a great man. We, he, his ending is Bil'am Arasha. He used his greatness for Bad things, but he, the Hazal tell us that he was given to the Goim as a substitute for Moshe Rabbeinu. That he, his capability was even greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. So they have no excuse. Bil'am, we gave you Bil'am. So Bil'am had this power. He was a great man. So the Ora Haim says, how does it work if someone curses you? What does that mean? So that he says, the question he asks is like this. He says, if the person really deserves the curse because of his action, so what does it matter if he curses you or not? In other words, if you're cursed because of your bad ways, we open the Torah, Hashem says, Re'eh, look, Anochi noten l'vnechem ayom. Hashem himself, nobody has to curse you. Hashem says, I'm not cursing you. Nobody is cursing you. Here it is. Simple. I'm placing before you. You have a menu. Beracha uklala. You have a life of beracha. You have a life of kilala. What does it depend on? It depends on you. I gave you poison. I gave you great food. You decide which one you want to eat. If you eat the poison, that's your problem. So if a person is deserving of a curse because of his actions, says the Ora Hayim. What does it matter if somebody cursed him or not? Whether Bil'am curses or doesn't curse. Who cares? Let's say he doesn't curse. What's the difference? You're already cursed. And if you don't do anything that's worthy of a curse, you live your life of a Beracha, how could any curse have any effect on you when you are a person who's living a life of Beracha. So says the Ora Haim, I don't understand how these curses work. If you deserve a curse because of what you're doing, you don't need someone to curse you. You're cursed already. And if you're not doing anything that deserves a curse, what does it matter if someone curses you? That's the question of the Ora Haim Kadosh. He says over there, it's important for us because we're not here to discuss curses today. But 
He says, Bishlama. He says, I understand. If you tell me berachot, that I have no question on. I'm only bothered when people curse. That I don't get. But when people give blessings, he says, that doesn't bother me. I have no question on that. Why not? He says, because shemida tova meruba. Always the measurement of goodness is greater than the measurement of negative. Which means that Hashem can give goodness to someone who's not deserving. That's within the kindness of Hashem. I mean, our whole life is not deserving. The fact that we're sitting here and that we're born, altogether we're not deserving. So when it comes to goodness, clearly, the midah, the measurement of good is more than the negative because we basically have everything and we don't deserve it. So the fact that Hashem will bless somebody, even though he doesn't deserve the blessing, even though according to his lifestyle, he's really not living a life of blessing, and God wants to bless him, he says, I understand that. Hashem can give berachot that are bonus, part of, his, part of Hashem's kindness and his chesed, to give those who don't deserve. And he says, also he says, he says, blessing, I understand for another reason. So far, the first reason again is, Hashem could bless you, even though you don't deserve. Because he, that's, that's who Hashem is. He does more good than he does bad. Gam, he says, also, why blessings make sense. La'asot Hashem retzon yedidav. Hashem has in the world yedidim. What's a yedid? Friend. He calls them Yedidam. Hashem has friends. Who are these friends? They're people that talk to him. They're people that he talks to. These are called people who are Talmidei Hachalim. They talk to him every day. When they pray, they actually speak to him. When you have a friend and you don't talk to him, it's not a friend. A friend is someone that you have a relationship with. So he says, Hashem does retzon yedidav. He has friends in this world that learn with him, that talk to him. These are considered his yedidim. Now when your friend comes to you and says, do me a favor, you know, you have some connections, somebody in the government, somebody that has an important lead somewhere that you need. A random guy calls him, could you help me? I need to help my friend. He's in jail. Could you help me get him out? He says, who are you? What, what, what am I helping you for? Remember I told you once, Hashem made the physical world as a mashal. It's a parable for the deeper world, the spiritual world. In this world, that's what we see. You call somebody in power who can do something. And you want to help yourself or you want to help somebody else. And he doesn't have any relationship with you. And you call him up, he says, who are you? Why would I do that to you? He may not say those words to you, but that's what he's thinking. He's not helping you. But if you call your good friend, how is he your good friend? You have a relationship with him. You talk to him, he talks to you. You buy him a birthday gift, he buys you something. You imagine you learn with him, 
you share wisdom with him. Real friends come from Torah learning. Other kind of friends are also friends. But the friend that you acquire through learning Torah, through sharing wisdom, through fighting in the milhama, in the war of Torah, when you sit and learn with the Habruta or with the rabbi, you develop the closest relationship. You become a Yedid. You become a true friend. Yad and Yedid is Yad and Yad. Double hand. The hands come together, meaning you have, you share together things in life that are important. You become a Yedid. And that spells Kawah. Yedid, Yad and Yad is 14. 14. 28. Kawah, 28. When you... So a Yedid is a very close friend. If you have a friend that you're very close to and you call him up for a favor to help somebody, be sure he's listening to you. And he's, if he's able, if he can, he's going to help you. Of course, he's your friend. That's the way this world operates. That if you need something from someone, if you're not their Yedid, they're not paying attention to you. The way Hashem created the world is when you have a close connection to someone, he has a greater desire to help you in things that have nothing to do with him because he's your friend. That is a mashal of how Hashem deals with this world with us. When you go to a yadid of Hashem, someone that he has a relationship with him, and he asks, Bore Olam, could you, could you help this person? And he pleads on behalf of that person, Hashem is more open to hear. Because he's Yedid. The guy is really not deserving. According to the law, he's not deserving. He really should be in jail. But if the best, your best friend calls you, so then you see if it's possible. That's the way it works in this world. That's the way it works also in the spiritual world. That's what we say every day in Ashret. Retzon yere'av ya'asen. Those who have fear of Hashem, He does their retzon. Because they develop this yedidut, this friendship. So says the Ora Hayim, when it comes to berachot, I'm not bothered about berachot. That a person may not be deserving. And Hashem wants to give him berachot anyway, on his own. Or, or, he will want to do the ratzon of his yedidim, his friends. To bless those that they bless. So when a tzaddik blesses you, so that person is a yedid Hashem. If it's a yedid Hashem, Hashem sees that you're blessed. And you're blessing that person. So therefore, I'll give you a blessing. Ah, you don't deserve it. Okay. That's the way it works. When you're friendly with somebody, you may do things for them even if they don't deserve it. So says the order, Hayim HaKadosh, I don't have a question on the subject of Berachot, how they work. Hashem could do it just because of His kindness. Hashem could do it just because He's doing a favor for His Yedidim, for His friends. He says, but I don't understand how a curse works. That I don't understand. Again, 
if the guy deserves it, then he deserves it without the curse of the person. And if he doesn't deserve it, there's no way that someone could curse you and it has an effect if you don't deserve it. That doesn't make sense. That's his question. Says the Ora Hayim, let me explain to you how a curse works. Even though it's not our subject, but once we're here, let's just read what he has to say. He says a very important thing. Yes, cursing does have an effect. He says how? He says, you know, that a person, if we, if we would get judged in this world according to reality of who we are, and reality of our actions means if Hashem would run the world, Alpidin, Din means strict. Not, not strict. Not really strict. Din means fairness. You do what's right, you get reward. You don't do, you don't get. If Hashem would have dealt, dealt with us, or if He would deal with us with Din, that we would only get what we deserve, and if we don't deserve, then we don't get, and if we do bad, then we get. If that would be the way Hashem did the world, probably we wouldn't exist, right? So Hashem deals with us with rahamim, which, which means that even though we do wrong, Hashem has erech apaim. He's patient with us. He doesn't throw us out because we're not doing the right thing. Me and you in our life, if a guy did one thing to us that we didn't like, we take the guy and throw him in the garbage. As far as we're concerned, gone. If Hashem would do that with us, nobody would be alive. So Hashem has a midav erech apayim. Hashem is patient. Hashem doesn't rush to judge a person, meaning to punish a person even though really he deserves it. Hashem gave you everything in life. You owe him everything. And then he told you to do something. You don't do it. If you, if that, by human standards, you gave a guy everything and then he stabbed you in the back, you would never forget that. You would never allow that to continue. You'd say, goodbye. This relationship is over. By human standards, we would never continue. Thank Hashem, we don't have human standards with his relationship. He says he has a midah called erech apayim, patience. He doesn't, sometimes the patience could be for a hundred years. So he's patient with the person. He doesn't react just because the person is doing wrong. The person deserves to get smacked on the face and maybe more. He deserves it. What he's doing, he deserves a lot. But Hashem doesn't act. Says the Ora Haim Kadosh, a person who's protected by the patience of Hashem, that person, if he gets cursed from someone of value, a curse can, can take an effect on him. Which means he deserves it. He definitely deserves it. Hashem is patient with him. But if it's in addition 
there's also a curse from someone of value. So then, and you deserve that curse. You did something, you get cursed. Then that could work and it's fair. It's not unfair. It's not, oh, I didn't deserve it. How am I getting cursed? You get cursed if you deserve it. And if you deserve it, it could work. Even though without that curse, maybe Hashem would have continued to be patient with you. But when a curse comes, it opens up a, the ability for the curse to be hung. That's done with the curses. I'm not here to discuss curses with you. Now, back to the Beracha. So again, so far we have the Orah Hayim who explains to us why you can get a Beracha even though you don't deserve it per se. A, because Hashem always does more good than we deserve. And B, he has Yedidav. He has his friend. His friend is blessing. He needs to be a friend to those who are close to him. And therefore, even though the guy is not deserving, since he blessed him, Hashem will do good for him. This is the way the Ora Haim HaKadosh explains the subject of Berachot. The Sefer Karim, one of the great Rishonim, Rabbi Albo, Alava Shalom, so he gives a little more detail into the mechanics. The Ora Haim only explained to us in a, in a big picture how it works. But Sefer Karim says, what's the mechanics of these Berachot? How exactly does it work? So he says that Berachot, he says, look at these words, is a tefillah, Berachot are a tefillah. They can't just be a tefillah because a tefillah, we could pray for somebody without blessing him without putting our hand over him. Pray for somebody. He says, a beracha is two parts. It's a tefillah. It's someone praying for you. Aim with something else. Netinat hachana. It's also giving preparation El HaMekabel to the one who is receiving your Beracha Sheyahul HaShefa HaElohi Alav Hashem has what's called Shefa Shefa is abundance many 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 Berachot that Hashem has called Shefa this Shefa Hashem sends he explains how Hashem sends down the Shefa from the higher worlds, whether it's health, whether it's life, whether it's money, whether it's enjoyment, well, all types of Shefa that Hashem sends to a person, whether it's physical, whether it's spiritual, emotional Shefa, there's all kinds of Shefa that Hashem sends. Good. We say Birkat Hashem, Itashir. If you get the Beracha of Hashem, that's called the Shefa that Hashem sent, you're the wealthiest man in the world. You're getting pure Shefa from Hashem. Beautiful. 
Hashem sends down the Shefa. He says, however, however, there are conditions to receive the Shefa. The Shefa needs a Mechabel. What's a Mechabel? A receptacle. So sometimes a person sends you a Shefa. It's there. But it can't go in. Because the Mechabel is not able to accept it. His, uh, his receiver is on the wrong channel. So when it comes through a different channel, it doesn't get received. Right? Imagine you have today, Hashem gave us radios. If you're one, one millimeter off, you lost the signal. Well, but the signal is there. The signal is there. Right now in this room there are signals. But if you don't have to receive it to get it, you can't get it. So Hashem sends Shefa to you, to me. But there's conditions. They are conditions. The conditions are you need a Mechabel. You need a person who is capable of receiving the blessing. If you're not capable, even though Hashem sent you the Shefa, you can't get it. It's like waiting right next to it. You can't get it. Oh. He says the Beracha of Tzadik. What does it do? It's a tefillah. It's a prayer. With giving the person the ability to receive the Shefa. On his own, he can't get it. Imagine the guy's signal is off. He can't receive it. So what the tzaddik does with his beracha is he adjusts the signal. And once he adjusts the signal, the beracha can come down. So through the tzaddik, the tzaddik is able to move that little signal and boom, he gets the beracha. Now, he says, he says, so let me give you an example of how this works. Imagine a pipe of beracha that's coming down and the person who's supposed to receive the pipe, his pipe is clogged. Right? Any, re any ideas of how a pipe can be clogged? A guy's embarrassing people, a little clogged, one tissue in the, in the, in the pipe. It's Mehalel Shabbat, another, another clog. Right, his kashrut is off, another piece of cloth. He's doing all types of terrible things in his life. At some point, it's clogged. I mean, how many tissues can you throw in a pipe till it gets clogged? At some point, your pipe is clogged. So they can throw all the chef out that they want. By the way, doesn't mean you won't make money during the clock time. Because you can get money from elsewhere. You have to get it from Hashem. Hashem made a natural world where people can make money, even if it's not coming from Hashem. You can make it through natural means. How, where is the elephant getting the shefa from? He's not. Elephant's not getting shefa. An elephant is getting his money, his, excuse me, his parnasa from the physical world. Of course, humans can get parnasa and they can get many things from the physical world without getting the shefa. 
Hashem made a physical world where people can get many things. But the beracha that comes with the shepa of Hashem, this is the real osher. It's a pure, pure wealth in the sense that it's enjoyable, it's real, it's lasting, has no side effects. It's beautiful. That's the, that's the beracha you want. You don't want the money that you make in the natural world. That money doesn't come with a blessing. But money that comes from Hashem comes with a blessing. Money that comes from the natural world has many side effects. It can destroy your life. It can destroy your relationships. It can make you an unhappy person. It can make you a selfish person. It can make you all types of bad things. But Shepha that comes from Hashem, he ta'ashir. That's the only one that can make you a wealthy man. You need that Shepha. So don't make a mistake to think that if you don't get a beracha, it means that you're not going to have a lot of money. You could be a billionaire. But it doesn't mean you have the Shepha from Hashem. So now, you have the shepherd being sent down the pipe. But this guy, he messed up. It's all clogged. So he can't go in. So what does the Berachav the Tzaddik do? The Berachav the Tzaddik, what it does, is it comes, and instead of going down your pipe, imagine they put a temporary pipe around yours. Where it goes to you through his pipe. So it, it bypasses your clogged pipe and it uses his pipe to go into you. This is the way it works. It says the Sefer Ikarim, he says that's why in order to visualize what actually is happening in this Beracha, the custom is that we put the hand of the tzaddik on top of the guy's head. So what's the purpose of putting the hand? Why, you can't bless the guy with your word? You got to put it in your head. What, what is your hand doing? No, because that's, that's the pipe. Got it? So the pipe of the guy is not capable. So you put your hand as if you're now replacing that pipe for the moment. To get that beracha. He says that's why the tzaddikim, they put the hand on top in order to visualize what's happening. And he brings a proof that we see by, by, by Moshe Rabbeinu when Hashem told him to bless Yehoshua Binun. What does the Pasuk say? It says, Kahlecha, take it Yehoshua Binun, Ish Asher Ruach Bo, he's a man that has a spirit in him, Vesamachta et Yadecha Alav. Take your hand and put it on him. So you see that this idea of putting your hand is not something we thought about last week. It came from Hashem. He told Moshe Rabbeinu, when you're blessing Yehoshua Binun, put your hand on his head. And we see also by Yaakov. By Yaakov, Ephraim and Menashe. Instead of Menashe being his right hand and Ephraim in his left hand, he switched it. Says the Aikarim, what, what, why? He says, because, listen to this unbelievable Yesod he gives. He says, because, he says, how much does the Beracha help? How, how much does it help? He says, it depends on the receiver. The greater the recipient, the more the Beracha can have an effect. So he says that Yaakov, when he saw that Ephraim, was a greater recipient 
than Menashe. So he took his right hand, which has more stronger, he put it on Ephraim. Not because he didn't like Menashe, because he saw that Ephraim is capable of getting more. So therefore he gave him a greater, a greater amount of the Berachah, and he put his left hand on Menashe. And also, that's why Kohanim, what is it called? We say Kohanim, it's called Nesiat Kapaim. How did the Kohanim bless Am Yisrael? They raised their hand. The same idea. The idea is that the hand is used to visualize a pipe that is going through that person. And uh, that's, again, basically, that is the mechanics of a beracha. It's someone that is coming to bring the shefa. That already you have the shefa. The shefa is waiting to come to you. But the shefa is not able to get in because of the clock pipe. Comes the Yedin Hashem. Comes the friend of Hashem. And he blesses you, puts his hand on you. And now you're able to bypass it. And according to how great you are also will make a difference in how much you get. The greater you are, the more you'll be able to get from the tzaddik that is giving you a beracha. That's it for today. Tomorrow we'll continue a little more on this subject. Have a good day.